Hello everyone, I'm Jonathan Little. I'm here today with episode 255 of Weekly Poker Hand. I want to thank you all for being here with me today. If you have not already, head over to PokerCoaching.com and get your completely free trial. There we have tons of homework challenges where I will put you in difficult spots and ask you how to play not just your hand, but your whole range. And also we have over 400 interactive quizzes where you can put yourself in my shoes and some of the other pro's shoes on poker coaching and see if you would play as we played. If you don't, or even if you do, you can hear our thoughts about those specific spots. So you can go get that completely for free, no credit cards required over at pokercoaching.com. Today we have a hand from a 5-5 game playing pretty deep stacked, about 200 big blinds. Um, here we see Mike P open it up with 9-5 offsuit to $60. Now there may be a straddle in this game. I'm going to presume there was. That said, 9-5 offsuit is completely unplayable. If you play 9-5 offsuit or king-8 offsuit or queen-4 offsuit or jack-6 suited, any of these hands from under the gun plus two pretty much ever, <laughs> it, you're going to have a really difficult time being a winning player long term. Now, I know some people may say, I like raising these hands because it makes me unpredictable and hard to play against. And, you know, while that is true, it makes you unpredictable, it doesn't necessarily make you hard to play against because you just have way too many bluffs in your range, which is going to lead you having way too much garbage in your range after the flop. And against those players, well, just don't fold big hands, right? Um, this is a gambling game, as we are about to see, and that's okay. So, in this scenario, Mike raises it up with 9-5 offsuit. Derek, who has 7,000 in front of him playing 5-5, decides to call with ace-queen suited in the cutoff, which I think is perfectly fine. But if you do know that Mike P is very inclined just to play all sorts of garbage, maybe you just want a pre uh, three-bet preflop with your hands that stand to be in decent shape, and ace-queen suited probably does. So I would definitely consider three-betting. On to Porter on the button, who also calls with ace-jack suited, which I think is fine. He may also just want a three-bet. But, you know, calling's fine. It does look like we had a $25 straddle in this hand from Brian with 6-4 spades. Seems like an easy call to me, but Brian decides to re-raise, and I hate this play. A lot of people who straddle think they need to be aggressive because they put the money out there, so they're going to fight for it. But in reality, when you straddle, what's actually happening is you're just putting in a different an additional blind. When you're in the big blind, you don't want to be three-betting all the time, right? But um, that is actually what a lot of people do. Um, especially whenever they straddle, and that's just ridiculous. Like right here, this is such a good hand. Six, four of spades to call, closing the action. If you re-raise, maybe you get some folds. It looks like he made it uh, $260, but for 200 more, it's usually not going to work out so well. Also, Brian is only $1,000 deep to start the hand. So I know I mentioned we were playing 200 big blinds deep, but with that straddle, now he's only playing 40 big blinds deep, right? So you certainly don't want to be three-betting to 25% of your stack with 6-4 spades from out of position when you're very shallow stacked. So, back along to Mike P, who opened it up with a 9-5 offsuit. Seems like an easy spot to fold to me. He's thinking it over. By the way, if you're not watching this, if you're listening to it, um, there is a video version of this podcast. You can find it at jonathanlittlepoker.com slash WPH. We're going to sip some tea while we're waiting. Um, again, some people feel the need to play with all this junk whenever they do, um, happen to call a raise initially preflop and 
Just because you made one bad decision does not mean you should continue compounding the error and make additional bad decisions. And whenever you raise preflop on 95, it's terrible. Whenever you call a three bet to $260, especially from a short stack, it's also terrible. Even if he's a lunatic. <laughs> anyway, back around to Derek with Ace Queen Sudo, who now four bets, which I actually like. He's making it $950, which is enough to put Brian, the shallow stack, all in for his 40 big blinds, especially if he knows Brian is splashing around. And usually when you're playing 5 5 with someone who straddles to 25, that person's splashing around pretty hard. Ace-Queen is great. Again, a lot of people ask, how should you play against these people who play any two cards? Aren't you just playing bingo? The answer is, no, we're not playing bingo. We're just getting our money in significantly ahead. So don't be afraid to get your money in ahead. So I definitely do like the re-raise. Also, if Mike P is just splashing around, you get him to either fold preflop or just put a lot of money in behind. Now, I think what happens to a lot of people is they see this Ace-Queen suited and think, I'm supposed to win every single time with Ace-Queen suited. And you're not. Right, We see the odds right here where Derek's going to win, well, once Porter gets out of the way, he's going to win about 40 some, about 60% of the time, which is, you know, some, but certainly not like infinite, right? You have to be comfortable getting your money in, not winning every time, but being a substantial favorite. So now Porter's thinking about, do I want to put in a thousand bucks? And I think the answer is definitely no. When it goes raise, call, call, three bet, call, four bet. Ace-Jack suited needs to be folded at this point, so he's going to get some thought, and I do understand this is a bit of a gambly game, and that's a reason to consider playing it, but it's certainly not a great reason to play it. Let's fast forward a bit, because he's eventually going to fold. He does fold, good fold. Back along to Brian, and he just pops his thousand bucks in the pot, no problem. And this is a clearly huge blunder. And now back around to Mike P., Mike P decides to call as well <laughs> after some thought. And listen, clearly Brian was making a significant blunder, but he's gambling, right? Again, I want to make it clear. These videos are for people who want to try to improve their poker skills. These videos are not for people who want to gamble at a disadvantage. I'm trying to teach you to gamble with an advantage. So eventually enough, the lights went off here. One time the lights went off whenever I was playing a hand at the World Series of Poker, and I flopped a set. The, the flop game, the um, power went off, then the fire alarm turned on, and I had top set. The poker gods were trying to tell my opponent that I had a good hand, but he did not listen. He only had aces. So Mike P decides to call as well, which is clearly a big, big, big mistake. But again, he's gambling, right? Nothing wrong with gambling. And if people want to gamble with you, let them gamble with you. That's exactly what you want. This is why you came to the casino if you are Derek, who is just playing good cards. So everybody calls. Flop is about to come. Pot is $3,000. And now this is an interesting spot because um, looks like my graphics are getting a little bit crappy. That's no good. <laughs> um, this is an interesting spot because Mike has $3,000 left and Derek has him covered, right? So there's 3,000 in the pot. Mike has one pot size bet remaining. This is one of these spots where very often whenever you lead all in in Mike's shoes, you want to be leading with your best made hands, although it's kind of dicey. And then also some draws. Mostly you're going to want to be leading with draws here if you're in Mike's shoes, because if you check, Derek's going to make a bet, and then he's going to be somewhat committed, pretty much no matter what he bets. So this is a spot where, like right here in the middle pair, you definitely want to check. Because if you bet, what's going to happen now is Derek's going to play very well. If he has ace-queen, he's just going to fold. At least he should fold. If he has um, a jack, he's obviously never folding. If he has aces, he's obviously never folding. So this is a spot where... Uh, might just snap let all in, and I think this is a big, big blunder. If you check, you get to get 
Derek to put his chips in very poorly, as you see here on this Jack-9 three-flop. He only has 21% um, equity, which means Mike has about, well, 75%. Heads up, Mike's going to have about 80-ish percent equity. And Derek makes the easy fold. And that was a huge blunder for Mike because he just allowed the ace-queen that was drawing pretty thin to get out of the way, which is basically always a substantial mistake. When you have your opponent in bad shape, you need to check. A lot of people look at this and think, well, it's an all or fold scenario. Mm, no, checking is quite good. When you have a very marginal made hand, checking is incredibly powerful because if you bet, your opponents get to fold all of their marginal stuff that, that uh, you beat. And if you bet, they get to call with all of the hands that you lose to. So essentially, you force your opponents to play perfectly. When you have a marginal made hand, you do not want to let your opponents play perfectly because then, then it makes their life easy, right? You win when you make people make errors. And, you know, some people look at this and say, well, I had middle pair and I didn't want to let him outdraw me. But first off, again, think how many outs does the guy actually have? Probably six? Maybe none? Maybe two? Well, probably more than none. Six or two, right? Assuming they fold. And you have to be willing to accept that variance, especially if you check, your opponent will be willing to make either a $600 bet or maybe just an all-in bet. If you check and face an all-in, that's great when you have a marginal made hand. Whenever the pot's humongous, because you know you can easily call. So Mike made a pretty big error here if he does care about winning money. But um, worked out great for Derek because Derek got a lot of money in pre-flop and then lost nothing when he flopped poorly. So nice spot for him. That's going to be it for today. Hope you enjoyed this episode of Weekly Poker Hand. If you did, click like, click subscribe. Good luck in your games, and I'll talk to you next week.